Pastor Xavier Reese with a simple warning for those professing faith. Ezekiel heard Yahweh specify the place where the judgment was to start. Listen, listen very carefully. And begin in my sanctuary. Well, Peter says, well, the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? What a warning to us today. Judgment begins with the believer. It should cause us to fear. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. How long will a holy God allow His creation to turn its back on Him? Today, Pastor Xavier examines what happens when God's plan for His creation goes astray, even those in God's own family. Let's join our teacher in the book of Ezekiel for today's Bible study, Judgment Begins in the House of God. Ezekiel chapter 9. The prophets allowed to see the vision, which is predictive judgment in the temple and the city here. You might just put this side by side with the book of Revelation as we'll see this. It's apocalyptic. He has seen what is going to happen in the short future. It's only about five years till this takes place. The executioners were petitioned. Look at verse 1 through 3. In verse 1, the prophet heard the charge of Yahweh for judgment. Now, three times the phrase, loud voice. The word loud voice describes the intensity of the voice in view of the coming judgment. Though they would cry out to God, God's ears with a loud voice, he would not hear them, the end of chapter 8 says. Though they would cry out in intensity, I will not hear them. Now in sharp contrast, verse 1 God cries out with a loud voice for the executioners of judgment, and they would hear him. You see the contrast? On and on and on, God has been dealing with them. They've been spurning God. They drew that line. They came across it. He would not hear any longer. Now he calls for judgment. The executioners would hear. These angels who were responsible for the oversight of the city of Jerusalem were the ones being petitioned. Angels are ministering spirits to the earth of salvation, as you know, Hebrews 1.14. But angels play also a big role carrying out the will of God both in the Old and New Testament, both for blessing and for judgment. The prophet is seeing these angelic executioners. Notice, secondly, comes the executioners, and they were commissioned. In verse 3 and 4, the prophet heard Yahweh summon one angel to mark those to be spared. Uh, Yahweh called to the man clothed with linen. He is the only one with such dress. And he is the one who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. So we can't mistake him. Now the angel was told by Yahweh to consecrate the righteous in verse 4. He said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem. So Ezekiel has already prophesied by various signed sermons, as you know, about the destruction of the city in chapter 4 and 5. In chapter 6, he's prophesied to the mountains. In chapter 7, to the land. They're familiar with the message. Now, the judgment is being revealed. He said, and put a mark on the forehead of the men who sigh and cry over the abominations that are done within it. 
Now, this mark would notice be for protection. As the righteous who were tormented over the abominations in Jerusalem who would be spared like at the exodus with the blood. He was marking those who were grieving over the abominations. If you belong to God, then you're protected. If you don't, you have no protection. Notice the prophet heard Yahweh command the angel over the city to execute the judgment in verse 5 and 6. In verse 5, the executions were given their general orders. Mark it well. Ezekiel heard Yahweh command the six angels to exercise swift judgment immediately. Go after him through the city and kill. As he's going by, marking, there's two people there. He marks one, he walks, they whack the other one. Do not let your eyes spare nor have any pity. If you're a good moral pagan or a humanist, at this point you're saying, I can't believe in a God. Because you think you have more compassion than God. Let me tell you, when God says, do not let your eyes spare or have no pity, that means man has crossed that line and God has been so patient. He's waited a long, long time. When God brings judgment, let me tell you, man deserves it. It's a sad day. Ezekiel heard Yahweh specify those who were to die. Utterly slay old and young men, maiden and little children and women. Oh, I can't take that at this point, people say. And you call God a love? Again, the degradation of sin had reached all levels of society. The children was as corrupt, if not more. Ezekiel heard Yahweh specify those who were not to die. Notice he says, but do not come near anyone on whom is the mark. There's the key. Ezekiel heard Yahweh specify the place where the judgment was to start. Listen, listen very carefully. And begin in my sanctuary. Well, begin in my sanctuary. They had defiled the temple. They were supposed to be God's people. They were God's people. They turned away from God. Ezekiel saw the executioners comply with their orders from Yahweh. So they began with the elders who were before the temple, begin in my sanctuary. Peter says, for the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? 1 Peter 4, 17. Notice the third and last movement comes in verse 7 through 11. The executioners were true to their mission. True to their mission. Verse 7 and 8. Yahweh gave the command to begin the slaughter. Yahweh ordered the defiling of his own temple by filling the course with the slain, of which Jeremiah had warned from the beginning of his ministry. Remember, Jeremiah's in Jerusalem, Ezekiel's in Babylon. Jeremiah began an earlier ministry. Ezekiel started after he went into the second captivity, five years after that. Now, let me give you some of the words, because this is a good parallel for Jeremiah. You've got to keep track of both books. Jeremiah 7, 1 through 4. Remember God sent him to the temple? Because they were thinking they were protected because they were in the temple of God. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Yahweh saying, Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there his word and say, Hear the word of the Lord Yahweh, all you of Judah who enter these gates and worship the Lord Yahweh. Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, the captain of the hosts of heaven, of the armies of heaven, the God of Israel. Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in the place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. 
Oh, yeah, I go to church. Oh, yeah, I sit under this teacher. Oh, yeah, I do. If you're not living what the Bible says, then your words mean nothing. Nothing. Jeremiah 7, 14 through 18 says, Therefore I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I had done to Shiloh. Remember Shiloh? He let the Philistines destroy it. That's where the tabernacle was erected. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim, that had already been done, the northern kingdom. Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, the fathers kindle fire, the women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. The queen of heaven was Samaramis, the mother of Tammuz. The child mother worship, the Madonna, Mary, baby Jesus in the Catholic church. Same old pagan lie. No different. Jeremiah 7, 29 through 30 says, Cut off your hair, he tells the prophet Jeremiah, kind of like Ezekiel, and cast it away and take up a lamentation on the desolate heights. For the Lord Yahweh has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord Yahweh. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. Jeremiah kept warning. They kept pressing that, pressing that, pressing it. They crossed that line. Were these pagans? Nope. To who are all the warnings in the New Testament? To Christian, not to the non-believer. You evangelize a non-believer. All the epistles are warning to the Christian, not the non-believer. Yahweh released, notice the angels for their mission. Verse 7, go out. And they went out and they killed in the city, just as Jeremiah had prophesied. Listen to what Jeremiah had told them earlier. Jeremiah 7, 32, 34. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord Yahweh, when it will be no more called Tophet, or the valley of the sons of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they will bury in Tophet until there is no room. The corpses of his people will be food for the birds in the heavens and for the beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of myrrh and the voice of gladness, the voice of bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. They didn't believe Jeremiah. Jeremiah 8, 1 and 2. At that time, saith the Lord Yahweh, they shall bring out the bones. Of the kings of Judah and the bones of its princes, the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophets, the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. They shall spread them before the sun, the moon, and all the hosts of heaven that they have loved and which they have served and after which they have walked, which they have sought and which they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor buried. They shall be like refuge in the face of the earth. The worst thing you do to Jew is not bury him. God says, I'm going to have Babylon turn up all your grace, scatter your bones. You want to worship the creation I've made? Then I'll desecrate your, 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 your grace. It happened. Look at verse 8. Yahweh was sought out in loving intercession by Ezekiel in view of the slaughter. The prophet was witnessing the slaying of the people. So it was that while they were killing them. He's seen this like John in the book of Revelation. The prophet was driven to plead for the remnant and said, Oh, Lord, God, 
Will you destroy all the remnant of Israel and point out your fury in Jerusalem? The Lord had made the prophet's forehead harder than the people remember in Ezekiel 3.9. But his heart remained tender. Don't back down from people. Don't apologize for God's word. But you make sure you have a tender heart. You understand? Hmm. Like Abraham, like Moses, he intercedes. He's in there clapping. Yeah, give it to him, Lord. No. Notice 9 and 10, Yahweh gave the reason for their judgment. Judgment was due to the multitude of their vile and evil deeds. Yahweh describes to Ezekiel the innumerable mount by superlatives. The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. It keeps mounting up. Listen to Ezekiel 18.15. Who has not eaten on the mountain, nor lifted his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, nor defile his neighbor's wife? This is some of the deeds they were doing. Ezekiel 16.36 says, Thus saith the Lord God, because your filthiness was poured out and your nakedness uncovered in your harlotries with your lovers and with all your abominable idols and because of the blood of your children which you gave to them. In other words, they worship Molech and sacrifice their children. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law and another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter, Ezekiel twenty-two eleven. That's just to mention a few of the things, the deeds they were doing. Notice judgment was due then also to their false and evil words. Not only deeds, but words. False and evil words. Listen to what he says. Yahweh told Ezekiel, the people were saying, the Lord Yahweh has forsaken the land. Attempting to blame God for their calamity. Are you blaming God for your calamities? Many people do. God's not responsible for your sin or mine. I am. Attempting to justify their lives. What does God expect? He made me like this. Right. That's why he wants to fix you. Yahweh told Ezekiel that people were saying, and the Lord Yahweh does not see. Declaring God is unconcerned and indifferent to their sin. Denying the omnipresence and omniscience of God as they did in 8.12. So you really believe that there's a God up there and he sees and hears everything. You have to give an account. All right. There's a majority of Americans today. Don't deceive yourself. Many of them go to church. Some of their words are recorded for us. Let me give you some of them. We have to use Jeremiah as well as Ezekiel. Jeremiah 2.35, Yahweh says, you, Yet you say, because I am innocent, surely his anger shall turn from me. Behold, I will plead my case against you, because you say, I have not sinned. You're talking to somebody. They're, they're, they're living with their girlfriend, their boyfriend. They, 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 they're snorting coke like, like it's uh, uh, nose medicine. And they say, what? I didn't do anything wrong. I don't hurt anybody. No sense of value. I have not sinned. Ezekiel, or Jeremiah 31, 29, and Ezekiel 18, 2, same thing. Yahweh said, what do you mean when you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and their children's teeth are set on edge. 
It's not my fault. It's my father's fault. That's the philosophy of dysfunctionalism today. An entitlement. It's somebody else's fault. I am what I am because my parents, because of this. No, no, no. You are because you are because of who you are and what you've done and the choice you've made and because you're a sinner and you've got a nasty, evil heart. Ezekiel 18, 25, Yahweh said, Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not fair. Here now, O house of Israel, is it not my way which is fair and your ways which are not fair? Here's God's ways, fair. The man who kills a man, sheds his blood, you kill him. We say, a man kills a person, tortures a person, we give him five years. It's not fair to kill him. Now, whose ways are fair? Remember, he's a holy God. He created that person. We've made ourselves greater than God. That's a bad mistake. One more, Ezekiel 20, verse 32. Yahweh said, what you have in your mind shall not ever be. When you say, we will be like the Gentiles, like the families in other countries, serving wood and stone. Hmm. Look at verse 10. The judgment was due to their evil sowing, and they would reap in kind. Word and deed. Deed and word. They had crossed the line. And as for me also, my eye will neither spare, nor will I have pity. It's due. They have sown the wrath of God, but I will recompense their deeds on their own head. Their minds had become enemies of God. They had chosen to explain God away, reason Him away, or just say He didn't exist. Notice verse 11, Yahweh receives the report of the slaughter having been carried out. As Yahweh was speaking to Ezekiel, just then the man clothed with linen who had the ink horn at his side reported back. He is God's servant. He is the head angel. He said, I have done as you commanded me. The wicked had been slaughtered. The righteous had been spared. The good figs compared to the fact, bad figs of Jeremiah 24. The vision is predictive as a divine judgment of God by his angelic executioners, but it was going to be through Nebuchadnezzar. The recording of the judgment continues in the next two chapters. Listen to Revelation 16, 4 through 7. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of the water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, angels of the waters, the angels of the city, you are righteous, O Lord. The one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. When God lowers the boom and judges, know for sure that he is absolutely just, and the judgment is deserving. And for you or I to think any less or any different, we have brain damage. And we've lost the fear of God. Judgment never comes without plenty of warning. 120 years he gave to Noah to warn the world in Genesis 5 and 6. Eight got saved. 
The people of the Tower of Babel were given specific instructions, but they corrupted the worship of God. And so God dispersed them throughout the world and confounded the languages. Genesis 11. Judgment is always a clear message that people will not repent and judgment cannot be averted. In the case of Nineveh, God saw through the prophet Jonah the hearts of the people repenting from the king down and he spared the city. But a hundred years later, the prophet Nahum prophesied judgment against them because they went back to their evil deeds. Listen to Nahum, chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. The burden against Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Eshkelite. God is jealous and the Lord Yahweh avenges. The Lord Yahweh avenges and is furious. The Lord Yahweh will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord Yahweh is slow to anger and great in power. He's slow. When his fury gets poured out, you've crossed that line and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord Yahweh has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. What a great picturesque. God is patient. He's sitting on the throne. He's waiting. But once judgment, he's running through the clouds. Dust. The clouds are dust. He's coming for judgment. Whoa, what a scary sight. Amos says, prepare to meet your God. Scary verse. It's for judgment. Jerusalem would fall and the people would be in captivity for 70 years. In fact, Ezekiel says twice this. Listen. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, saith the Lord Yahweh Elohim. Ezekiel 14, 14, and 20. Daniel already had a reputation by Ezekiel, godly man in the palace. Judgment will fall to each person for their deeds and words. None will escape it. Jeremiah 4, 3 through 4 says, Yahweh pleaded through Jeremiah, For thus saith the Lord Yahweh to the men of Judah and to Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourself to the Lord Yahweh and take away the foreskins of your heart. The heart. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Yahweh was pleading through Hosea, Sow to yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord Yahweh till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Hosea 10, 12. But sadly... He had to proclaim, they sow to the wind, they reap the whirlwind, Hosea 8, 7. Paul warns the Galatians, do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. He who sows to the spirit will reap of the spirit everlasting life. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Solomon warned man about his mouth. Do not be rash with your mouth. And let not your heart utter anything hasty before God. For God is in heaven and you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Ecclesiastes 5.2. Great verse. This beast behind the ivory cage, watch it. Keep it behind the cage. James speaks about it every chapter. He dedicates chapter 3 to it. The Proverbs are full of instruction for the tongue. I think the ultimate authority is Jesus, so listen to him. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment, Matthew 12, 36. The executions were true to their mission of judgment. The prophet Ezekiel was allowed to see in a vision the actual judgment, predictive judgment in the temple and city, evident by these three movements. The executioners were petitioned for judgment. The executioners were commissioned to implement the judgment 
and the executioners were true to their mission of judgment. What a warning to us today. Judgment begins in the house of God with the believer. It should cause us to fear. Pastor Xavier Reese and a look into the future in order to cause a change in the present. And you can pick up your own copy of this message on CD for just $4. And the title to ask for is, Judgment Begins in the House of God. And by the way, this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is, Judgment Begins in the House of God. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. What does it take to be an effective ruler? That's our focus on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Tell a friend. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 